0: Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast, here part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to Miller Thomas, the always wonderful host of this podcast, current student but not for so much longer student at the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism, have let's see now... Just past that one month mark left, got a little bit less than a month left in college. So I'm going to be in need of a full-time job. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see my my articles, my packages, my graphic design, my photography. You can see it all, my reel, my resume. Just go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. Now on today's pod, we were talking about the 2017 Diamondbacks on Monday's pod, but we really just talked about that regular season and how good that team was, but today I want to talk about the playoff run that they had. I want to jump into the 2017 Diamondbacks playoff run, but first, if your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast Locked on Diamondbacks to listen to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks to find out more. And that's at gmail.com if I forgot to say that. Now let's jump right into the conversation that we're having today. We're just going to be going through their playoff run, basically. Kind of what we did with the 0-1 team in the World Series. But since this this run was technically even shorter than the 0-1 team, even though this 2017 run included two rounds of the playoffs, they technically played less games than the 2001 team. So we'll just go through their games and just see, see how everything unfolded in the playoffs. So the D-backs finally made the playoffs after not making they're not making an appearance since 2011. They played the Colorado Rockies and th- th- this was uh this was a long time coming for the D-backs. It's been a uh, quite some time about 6-7 seasons since they since they last made the playoffs. So, a lot of anxiety around it. And plus they were in a wild card game. So, you, you never know one game playoff, you never know what can happen win or take also. The D-backs had to send out their best pitcher, their $200 million man, Zach Greinke. They sent out John Gray as well. Now, John Gray got got rocked pretty early in this game. He allowed two singles to to start the bottom of the first. Then he allowed a three-run home run to the beast. That is Paul Goldschmidt. Gray was knocked out in the game by the bottom of the second after David Peralta singled and scored on a Ketel Marte triple So. The the D-backs already had four runs on the board by the bottom of the second inning. And then Daniel Descalso's two-run home run off Tyler Anderson in the third made it six-nothing diamondback. So you know, winner take all to be up six nothing heading into the fourth inning. You gotta feel good and confident about that. But Granky, he was coasting through the first three innings, but the same couldn't be said once he got to the fourth. He was unable to even get through the fourth inning, actually. He allowed two singles and recorded one out. And then Gerardo Parra had a single. Mark Reynolds grounded out. But then Jonathan Lucroy double. Alexi Armarista pinch it single. Scored a run each and reduced the Dimebacks' lead to just six to four. And just like that, the the, the Rockies had four runs on the board after Parra's single. And two singles before that, and you had a Jonathan Lucroy double, and then you had that Armarista pinch hit single. That's four runs on the board right there. This lead was cut even more when we got to to the seventh inning. Once we got there, the lead was cut 6-5 to five when Luke Roy doubled again, and he moved to third under Robbie Ray wild pitch because Robbie Ray had to come in uh, because of the Zach Greinke struggle. So that basically took him out. If, if the D-backs decided, if the D-backs won this game, that basically took him out game one of the NLDS. So, Greinke's struggles really did hurt the, hurt the team. So, Robbie Ray came in. He had a wild pitch in the seventh. That moved uh, Luke Roy to third after his double, as I said. And then uh, he scored on a Charlie Blackman bunt ground out off Jorge De La Rosso, who came in to replace Robbie Ray. But the Diamondbacks somehow was able to extend their lead from 6-5 to five to 8-5, to five, thankfully, in the bottom of the inning because the man, the mythical man, based off this season, Archie Bradley, with his spectacular year rate, came in to run triple off Pat Neshek. And in that process, Bradley not only became just the first relief pitcher to record a triple in a playoff game, he became just the sixth pitcher in Major League history to record a triple during the playoffs. And then back-to-back home runs by Arenado and Story off Bradley, actually. In the, in the eighth, you know, he put the two runs on the board, but they gave the two runs up right after. So the that cut the D-backs lead back to one. Now it's 8-7, to seven, and this game was getting dicey, man. The Dimebacks responded, though, in the bottom of the eighth inning with an A.J. Pollock two-run triple off Greg Holland, which made the Dimebacks the first team in the Boston since the Boston Americans in 1903 to record four triples in a playoff game which is I didn't even know that stat so thank you to this stat source wikipedia which people probably don't like but wiki's always been reliable to me so four triples in a in a game since 1903 the first time that's been done that's pretty remarkable by the by this D-backs team they had an intentional walk then a Jeff Mathis RBI squeeze single and that made it 11 to 7 Diamondbacks now you're entering the ninth inning, 4 run lead. This should be easy money for the D-backs. And in the ninth inning, Ian Desmond hit a leadoff single off Fernando Rodney, whose ERA wasn't that great this year, even though he had nearly 40 saves. He struck out the next two batters, and then Desmond did advance two bases, so now he's on third. And then before he scored, Carlos Gonzalez singled to cut the Rockies' deficit to 11-8 but that would be all she wrote because Aronado came up and grounded out to end the game, and that was it. D-backs win 11-8. Yay! Finally, D-backs got a win. First time in a while that they had, you know, any kind of playoff success. So all the fans are definitely happy to see that. I mean, yeah, who's not happy to see their team win a, win a playoff game? I mean, what what are we saying here? And they haven't won a playoff game in a while before that. Uh, before this 2017 team. If you just go back and look at the last time the D-backs actually won a playoff game, I'll tell you right now as I'm pulling it up, it was bop, 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 2011. So the last time they made the playoffs was the last time they've even won a playoff game, and they lost in the NLDS in 2011 but will 2017 be the difference well let's look at the 2017 NLDS now and they went against the the Dodgers in this NLDS and let me tell you if you're going against the Dodgers you better have your popcorn ready because I don't think I have to tell any D-backs fans we hate the Dodgers we want to see them crumble we want to see them lose pretty much like with all LA teams who get the best players and just stack their rosters we want to see the the small town team, the the D-backs, you know, the team that doesn't get the acclaim, that doesn't get the star power like the D-ba- like the Dodgers do. We want to see the D-backs win, and uh, D-backs had a pretty respectable showing in their first game. Granted, they they did lose nine to five, but Kershaw started for the Dodgers. He struck out seven and six in the third inning, so he was. So you would think he had a pretty good day. I mean, six and third seven innings. I mean, six and third, seven strikeouts. That sounds pretty good, but remember, this is Clayton Kershaw. He is pretty much Clayton Kershaw is the Clayton Kershaw of bad pitching when it comes to the playoffs because he cannot get it done. When he got to that seventh inning, he if you look at he he had a lot he had allowed four runs, I should say, by the time he got to the seventh inning, because he allowed four home runs. One to A.J. Pollock in the third, J.D. Martinez in the sixth, Ketel Marte, and Jeff Mathis in the seventh. He was the first National League pitcher to ever do so in a postseason game. So Kershaw, like he breaks records in the regular season, he also breaks records in the playoffs, but not for things he, he would want to be proud of. But the Dodgers got to dime back starter. Taiwan Walker pretty early, too. Justin Turner... Justin Turner... Really got the scoring started. He started off, actually, with a leadoff single and a walk, And then he also had a three-run home run. Later in the inning, Cody Bellinger singled and scored on Yasiel Puig's double. So, Walker didn't even make it out the first inning. He had to be replaced by Zach Godley. So, that that's definitely not good. Back-to-back games where the starter had, couldn't even make it through four innings. And he had to put in the next guy. So, your, your rotation depth is really going to struggle in the playoffs if that's happening to you. But Godley, he he managed to pitch five innings of relief. He allowed three runs, three more runs to score. So that allowed seven runs total by the time they got to the seventh inning. So by the end of the seventh, it was 7-4 to four with the Dodgers leading. But Zach Godley did give up all those runs, however, in the fourth inning. So it wasn't like he was... Awful the whole time leading up to the seventh. Uh he had Corey Seeger and Justin Turner hit back to back RBI singles after a leadoff single and a walk. Then an error loaded the bases before Puig, grounded out to score another run. So that's what made it to seven to four, entering the eighth. And then in the eighth, Austin Barnes hit a leadoff single off of Andrew Schafen, who was replaced by reliever. Oh uh, who, who was replaced by reliever Jimmy Shurfee. That one I struggled with. And Seager's triple and Turner single scored a run each to extend the Dodgers lead 9-4 to now in just the eighth inning. So the E-backs are running out of time. Turner had five RBIs in this game, and so that's pretty remarkable. He really was putting in work in this game, one for the Dodgers. That was actually uh, tied him for a single postseason record for in the Dodgers franchise history. So that's pretty remarkable. And then Ken, Kenley Jansen came in the ninth with a 9 4 lead to close it out. He allowed a one run in the ninth on the Jake Land ground out with two on before getting David Peralta to line out to end the game. And the Dodgers held on to win 9 5. So, D backs, uh, there wasn't their best showing in this game. One. You couldn't get Taiwan Walker to even make it through the first, and then Zach Alley, he was all right. He allowed three and five innings, so it's like, eh. He did put up five runs on the board, so that's solid. You would hope five runs is enough, especially when you hit four home runs in a game. Uh, so you would hope to, that to, uh, four home runs could lead you to more than five runs, but it didn't, and poor pitching led to the Dodgers winning, so they could not overcome their game-one woes. I'll get to the rest of the series in just a hot minute. All right, now let's break down the rest of that Dodgers D backs NLDS. Now we got two more games to get to. Now let's look at game 2. So now this one is back in LA as well. You had game 2 featured featured a matchup of two lefties. You had Richo, who struggled against Arizona in 2017 actually. Then you had Robbie Ray, the breakout pitcher for the D-backs in game 2. Robbie Ray had actually a pretty good track record against the Dodgers in 2017. He was actually 3 and 0 with 5 starts with Listen to this number, 53 strikeouts against the Dodgers. So he was definitely putting in work. And the D-backs were able to get on the board first in this game. Paul Goldschmidt started the scoring by hitting a two-run bomb after a walk in the first inning. But those, unfortunately, would be the only runs allowed in the four innings of work by Rich Hill. Ray, who pitched in relief just two days earlier, so he was on short rest coming off that wild card game. He struggled with his command in this game. Uh, He struck out six, but Robbie Ray is a strikeout artist. He could give up 10 runs. He's still striking out 10 at the same time. But he struck out six, but he walked four and threw three wild pitches and allowed four runs and four and a third. So more struggles by the starters in the playoffs, but (laughs) four and a third was actually the most by a starting pitcher so far in the 2017 playoffs for the D-backs. So I guess they'll take that. But the Dodgers got on the board in the second. On two walks, a wild pitch and a Yasiel Puig RBI groundout. So that made it 2-1 to D-backs after two. And then in the fourth, three straight singles loaded the bases with a one-out for the Dodgers before another wild pitch by Robbie Ray. That tied the game. Because, I mean, bases were loaded, so the wild pitch was able to bring the tying run home. Then one out later, Chris Taylor had an RBI single to actually give the Dodgers the 3-2 lead now. You got the Dodgers leading 3-2 after 4. And then in the next inning... Logan Forsythe's RBI single off of Jimmy Scherffy made it four to two Dodgers. Then after a stolen base, Austin Barnes hit a two-run double, and that, base, that made it six to two Dodgers, a four-run lead, and that that was really demoralizing for the D-backs. And then Jorge De La Rosa came in to relieve Scherffy, and he allowed an RBI single to Puig. Now it's what is this three? It's now seven to two. Dodgers over the D-backs, So we're only through five innings. So you get to the seventh inning, fast Four, Tony Watson allowed back-to-back leadoff singles before Brandon Drury. Three-run home run off Brandon Morrell. So that did cut the Dodgers' lead to just two runs. Seven to five now is the deficit for the D-backs. So they were they were still scratching, clawing back, still sniffing the, the possible win. But the Dodgers got a run in the bottom of the inning. On a Ketel Marte fielding error on a Chris Taylor ground ball off of Archie Bradley. I'm sorry, Kitel Marte, that that, that that happened to you. And then Puig and Forsyth each had three hits, while Puig and Barnes batted in two runs each in that inning. And then Kenta Maeda picked up the win in relief with Canley Jansen, earning his first save of the series coming in in the ninth inning. So in the end, the Dodgers won 8-5. to five over the D-backs and man the D-backs are now down 0 and 2 in the series in the best of 5 they are going to have to win the next 3 to make it out the NLDS so do the D-backs pull off the miraculous comeback I won't spoil it for you guys if you don't know cuz we're going to go through game 3 right now back in Arizona back on the home uh you know home field back in Chase Field D-backs have their chance In game three at Chase Field, Hugh Darvish struck out seven and allowed only two hits and one run, which was a home run by Daniel Descalso in the fifth. Meanwhile, Zach Greinke was back out there, you know, laboring through five innings. Thankfully, we finally had a pitcher make it through five, but it wasn't the most spectacular outing for him. He walked five, gave up four hits, three runs, two on home runs by Cody Bellinger in the fifth. Excuse me, two by Cody Bellinger in the fifth. And Austin Barnes in the sixth. The other run came in the first on a Bellinger ground out with two on. So Bellinger was really putting in work in Game Three. He wanted this series to be over. Then the bullpens really kept uh, the the people kept the teams in the game. I should say, the Dodgers eventually. This was the first time that was a low scoring game. The Dodgers won the game three to one because they only needed the one run in the first, then the two runs in the fifth and sixth. The D-backs were only able to get one run in the fifth off that Daniel Descalso solo-dolo. So this Arizona defeat marked the first time in franchise history that they lost an elimination game at Chase Field, actually. So they weren't used to losing on their home field. This was the big deal for them. And uh, they, they, of course, would have liked to move on, especially beat the Dodgers. But if you look at the NLDS in totality, the Dodgers had 20 runs scored compared to compared to the D-backs' 11. They had 31 hits compared to the D-backs' 18. So, if you get outscored, you get out hit, you're most likely going to lose that series. Now, thank you to everyone who tuned in to this edition of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. Go tell your elected device to play the newest edition of the Locked On Fantasy MLB Draft so you guys can stay up to date with all your news, fantasy rankings, and updates. And come back on Friday to hear more about the Diamondbacks on the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Peace!